You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse number 8. Today, the, the sermon series that we're going to do for today and the next couple of weeks is called The Radiance of God's, of the Lord's Glory. And, and I was, as I was studying the Christmas story a few weeks ago, uh, looking at the story more particular in Luke chapter 2, uh, the New Living Translation uh, caught my attention. And that's where we gained this particular uh, sermon series title from. In, uh, in verses 8 and 9 of Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. Today we're going to look at, at part one of the sermon series. That The sermon series is Miracle Season. So let's read this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory, there it is, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. That will bring you great joy. Somebody say great joy to all people. And then he continues to say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Does anybody know who the armies of heaven are? The angels, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, uh, to the highest heaven, and peace on earth with those with whom God is pleased. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have the privilege of being in your house, and today we do not want to take lightly the fact that we are meeting with you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just continue to permeate this place and uh, from this physical location to even the depths of our heart. We pray that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts and everything we we need to do today to grasp what you have for us in this miracle season. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. May we experience it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm getting a little bit older in my age than I was before, but there are times that I've noticed that I forget a thing or two, and sometimes I've noticed that I've uh, forgotten a particular day of celebration. For example, did you know that on December the 1st, just a few, uh, uh, just what, a few days ago, December the 1st was National Pie Day, and I missed it. I missed it. Did you know that December 2nd, a week ago, was National Fritters Day? Now, when I read that, I'm thinking, okay, I can go for an apple fritter. I don't know if that counts. But anyway, I, I, that, that was my excuse. Did you know that, uh, that December the 6th was national? I have no idea why they have this day. National Microwave Oven Day. Huh? And I'm why do we need a National Microwave Oven Day? I mean, for some of us, it's like every day, am I right, you know? I, I don't know. And then, and then on, on the 7th, which is Friday, uh, it, 
is na was National Cotton Candy Day. Anybody had cotton candy on Friday? You missed it too, okay? I wasn't the only one who missed National Cotton Candy Day. Now, let me give you some good news because today is not over. Today, December the 9th, is National Pastry Day. Do I hear an amen to that, okay? Oh, thank you, Jesus. N National Pastry Day, okay? But, uh, uh, Carlos, I'm sorry, you're counting your calories, so we got to go with that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> now, mark it down in your calendar, December 21st. Don't forget this one is National Ugly Sweater Day. Mm. Yeah, don't, you, you, got, you can't wear it before then, okay? And then and here's one more that caught my attention. December the 26th, now that's the day after Christmas, believe it or not, is National Whiners Day. Yeah, whiners. You know, that, that's, it's like some people have, they think they have the gift of complaining. You know, that, that's, that's the day, National Whiners Day. Now, the reason I, I, I kind of looked at the calendar is because sometimes we miss certain things. But I also notice that sometimes in the busyness of the, of the season that we live in, the world we live in, sometimes people, maybe they don't do it um, intentionally, but they miss Christmas. Now, they'll get the presents. They'll do the shopping. They'll go to the parties, they'll eat the food, they'll eat the cookies, but sometimes they miss what Christmas is really all about because of the busyness and the commercialization of what Christmas is all about. A, year, a few years ago, pollster George Barna asked hundreds of people in America, and the question was this, in your opinion, what is the most important aspect of Christmas? In your opinion, what is the most important aspect of Christmas? Believe it or not, 30, only 37% of the adults who responded said the birth of Jesus Christ. Wow. I mean, that's pretty sad. Now, some of them said, oh, it's, it's, I get a paid holiday. Others said the most important thing is the presents. Others said the, the party. Others said the food. Now, when, when those uh, who were evangelical Christians were asked that question, what is the most important aspect of Christmas, 75% said, oh, it's the birth of Jesus, which is better, but yet I kind of feel that should have been 100%. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and love Jesus and serve him, the most important thing about Christmas should not be the food or the, uh, or the parties or the paid holiday. I believe it should be the birth of the Son of God. And when I read that poll, I'm thinking, I have a feeling some people miss it. They don't get it. Even some Christians don't get it that the most important aspect of Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ. The way I look at it, the birth of Jesus Christ paves the way for so many other things. And today, we're going to talk about how it paves the way to a miracle season. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 2. And I'm reading once again from the New Living Translation because it says the radiance of the Lord's glory. But I love what it says following that because we read in this passage how um, what comes with the radiance of the Lord's glory. So what does it come? What comes with that? Number one, with the Lord's glory comes good news. Good news. Somebody say good news. History tells us that at the time of Jesus Christ's birth, the world at that point in time was in major turmoil. Racial problems between the Romans and the Jewish people. There was a political uprising in Judea. There was problems here, problems there. There was economic problems. There was religious problems. And, oh, the world was a mess. The world needed a Savior. 
So guess what God did? God sent his only son to be that savior. The world back then, about 2,000 years ago, was in desperate need of good news. That's when the radiance of the Lord's glory came, and believe me, it was good news. Now, I have a feeling that today, once again, the world finds itself in desperate need of good news. Because when I turn on the TV and when I watch the news reports, it seems as though maybe you would agree with me or disagree, that's okay, that we live in a world where we're infiltrated with bad news. I mean, we just can't watch the news without about being exposed to so much bad news. There's mass shootings, there's political debates, there's hatred, there's hurricanes, there's economic problems, there's layoffs, there's racial discrimination. Bad news seems to dominate the world we live in. And oh, could we use some good news? Well, the Bible says here it is. (laughs) Here it is. With the radiance of God's glory comes good news. Kind of reminds me of, uh, of a story I heard about Marvin. He was suffering from a pain in his chest. He wasn't sure if it was serious or not. So he called up his friend for some counsel. After describing his symptoms, his friend said, hey, buddy, those are the same symptoms that my brother had, and, and he passed away, so you better head on over to the ER. So at the ER, Marvin was fully diagnosed, and, you know, because he was, man, man, I got some bad news. He told the doctor, I'm having these pains, and my friend says that I'm dying, and the doctor did a full report. Well, and the doctor came back a little bit later and said, I have some good news, Marvin, good news. Well, he, was, uh, he says, the good news is this, you're not dying. You, you listen to some bad advice. He says, you're really suffering from severe indigestion. That's what it is, and you're going to be fine. Now, Marvin needed to hear some good news, and he got it. Now, i got to tell you this. In today's world, we hear a lot of stuff going on in our world. We hear lots of bad news. Some people are scared, but I, I've come to give you some good news. See, when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you're not going to die. Well, maybe physically you will, but you won't die spiritually because you're going to spend eternity in the presence of God. That to me, my friend, that to me is good news. Good news. You will live forever in the presence of the Lord. So what else does the the angels tell the shepherds here in Luke chapter 2? Number one, with the radiance of the Lord's glory comes, number one, good news. Number two, great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. Somebody say joy. Joy is something that we all want. Joy is something that we all need. Joy is something that the enemy wants to steal from you. Not too long ago, I received a phone call from one of the ladies in the church. And she said, Pastor, I got to tell you, I'm so excited because I just got laid off from my job. And I'm thinking, what? And, you know, she was so excited. Her, the tone of her voice was positive. She was upbeat. I'm thinking, you just got laid off from your job. I mean, most people, when you get the word that you're axed, you're, 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 you're let go, you're, you're fired. Well, what do I do? Where do I go? There's some, but, but she says, I just believe that, that this is something that God wants. And I believe that God has a better job for me in a better location and a better pay. I'm just excited for what God has for me. And I was thinking, you know, what really is happening here is the difference between happiness and joy. See, happiness is based on the circumstances around you. But joy is based on your relationship with God that you have within you. So your circumstances may not be the best, but you can still have the joy of the Lord. You may not be happy. I mean, you may not be happy, but you still can have joy. That's 
what a relationship with the Lord can bring us. And here we find that in the midst of turmoil in the world back 2,000 years ago, the people were, were, were dealing with so much bad news and stuff that they were having to deal with. And here came joy in the person of a baby, Jesus Christ. Today, the same thing applies. You may be going through a very difficult time in your life. Things may not be going the way you planned it. You may not be happy about the circumstances in your life. It's all right not to be happy. But I'm going to tell you right now, you still, even if you're not happy, can have great joy. And where does that come from? The angel says, hey, I've come to give you good news of great joy. And that's what you and I can grab hold of today. That no matter how the circumstances are around you, we can have the joy of the Lord within us. By the way, do any of you like to sing Christmas carols? I like to sing Christmas carols. Thank you for the three of you that raised your hand, okay? But the word carol literally means song of joy. Carols literally means songs of joy. So that's what the Christmas season brings, songs of joy. So what else does uh, do the angels say here in Luke chapter 2? What comes with the radiance of the Lord's glory? Number three, Jesus. That's pretty easy. Somebody say Jesus. It says here in verse 9, Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy to all people. Verse 11, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Jesus is what the Lord's glory brings forth. A while ago, as we were lifting up our voices and singing, Jesus was present in this place. The Lord is in this place. I'm going to say that again. The Lord is in this place. Anybody believe that? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Oh, I love it when we get to spend time in the presence of God. I love that. But just think about this. Jesus is what happens when the Lord's glory comes on the scene. And I think about the season that we're in, the Christmas season. Can I tell you this? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You know, some people don't get it. On Wednesday nights, we're having our, our, our Bible study connect group, and we're studying cults and false religions. We're studying what this cult believes and that other cult believes. But one of the things that we've been learning on Wednesday nights is to make sure that we know the essentials of the Christian faith. And what is that? And it all centers around Jesus Christ. Is Jesus Christ Lord of all? Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Was Jesus Christ born of a virgin? Was Je- did Jesus Christ die on the cross of Calvary? Did Jesus Christ rise from the grave? And number six, did, is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? And why is all that important? Because if you deny any of those things, if you say no to any of those things, you're pretty much denying what, what is referred to as the deity of Jesus Christ, who he is. And if you deny any of that, then you find yourself denying the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're, you're pretty much not a Christian because you don't believe in the deity of Christ Jesus. That's what we've been looking at. And, and that the mere fact that some people say, oh, there are many roads to heaven. Anybody heard that? <laughs> yeah, It's a bunch of, as we say in Greek, baloney. Okay? There, there are not many roads to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We just sang about that a few minutes ago. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
And there's no one goes to the Father except through him, right? So I tell you that because some people don't get this point that Christmas is all about Jesus. The angels came to the shepherds and said, I bring you good news of great joy, the Messiah, a Savior. Jesus is born. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. About three or four weeks ago, I got a phone call from one of the parents here at Grace Christian School. And she says, Pastor, you know, uh, my, I have some, some good news. My sister-in-law, who was um, raised and born in the, in the Middle East, uh, gave her heart to Jesus Christ. She was born a Muslim, raised a Muslim. Her entire family is Muslim. But, uh, and she's coming for Thanksgiving and to be with us here. And uh, she wants to be baptized yeah, and so I said, yeah, let's do it. So we made it happen on a Tuesday late afternoon. We got the baptismal tank going, and, and, and uh, we baptized uh, this lady. I'm not going to tell you her name because she said, please don't tell anybody what my name is because if my family finds out in the Middle East, I, my life is in danger. You know, but she was willing to take a stand for Jesus. She got it. She was baptized in water. Amen. And she took a stand for Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of people in our world that just don't get it. They just don't get it. You know, when when the angel said, a Messiah, a Savior, Jesus is born. There's some people that don't get this message of Jesus. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of eternal life. And um, some people get it, some people don't. So what else did the angels tell or sing to the shepherds there on the hill? Not only did they say good news, great joy, Jesus, a Savior, is born, but the the fourth thing that the radiance of the Lord's glory brought is this, angelic worship. They started singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Angelic worship is what they experienced. And I got to tell you something. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to the to hearing angelic worship in heaven. Anybody looking forward to heaven, right? Now, I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. I'm looking forward to seeing a whole lot of, of people that I read about in the Word of God. But one of the things I look forward to is singing baritone in the angelic choir, okay? I'm ready to sing. I want to throw in my harmonizing voice because I know that it's going to be a beautiful choir. Now, can I tell you something right now? When we were worshiping a few minutes ago, lifting up our voices and our spirits were in tune with God, I cannot tell you, we were not alone. I'm going to tell you this. You, we were not alone. I believe that, there were, that there's an angelic presence even here, singing along with us, worshiping the Lord, praying, interceding for you and I, because we're in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And there's angelic, angelic presence as we come together even today. So I want to encourage you, to understand what the glory, the radiance of the Lord's glory brings forth. Good news, great joy, Jesus, angelic worship, and, and a whole lot more. I enjoy reading in Scripture about the miracles of God that took place, miracle after miracle, and I notice that in order for me to have faith in God, I've got to believe in the miracles that are recorded in Scripture. Do I hear an amen to that? And I start thinking about some of the miracles and, and the great things that God has done. I think about how in the world can a man stretch out his, his hand with a staff in his hand and the entire Red Sea is parted in two. It's a miracle. And I have to come to the do, do I believe that? A miracle. Do, do I believe that God does miracles? How in the world can the sun stand still so that Joshua can 
finish his battle and win his battle. It's, it's a miracle, but do I believe that? How in the world can a man be, can a man spend a night all by himself with a, a den, uh, with, with a den of hungry lions all around him and yet not be bitten or eaten, walk out of there? I mean, that's a miracle of God. Do I believe in those miracles? How in the world can, can three young Hebrew men be in a, in a fiery furnace and yet their clothes are not sins? They don't die. And yet they walk out and, and, and they don't even smell like they've been in a fire. That has to be a miracle. And I have to think, do I believe in a miracle working God? Excuse me. Do I believe that? You and I have to make, make that choice. Do I believe in a miracle working God. Here's another one. How in the world can God use a donkey to talk to a man who needs to hear from God? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Now that's a miracle. I don't know how many of you have talked to a donkey lately, but when a donkey talks to you, that's a miracle. Miracle working hand of God. I think about I think about how a man can be in a cave after he's been dead for four days or so. Dead. And then he wakes up from being dead and starts walking out in the grave clothes when he hears these words, Lazarus, come forth. A miracle. And I have to come to the decision, do I believe in that miracle? Or is it just something that's written in in the Bible? Do I believe these miracles how in the world could, 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 could a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread, and one young man's lunch be brought to Jesus? And Jesus prays a blessing over that. And with that, they're able to feed 5,000 men, and not including the children and the women at all, ate, and there was leftovers. A miracle. And I could go on and on and on and on about the miracles that are in the Word of God. But the miracle that just blows me away is how a teenage girl can suddenly become pregnant when she has had no physical relations with a man. Somehow, miraculously in her, is born a son of the living God. How can we understand that? Can I tell you something? It takes faith to believe in the miracles of God. And then it leads me to believe that if God has been working miracles all these years, I have a feeling he still wants to work miracles today. And today, as we celebrate Christmas, is miracle season. I heard a story about uh, the, the astronauts from Apollo 8. They were orbiting the moon back in 1968, and it happened to be Christmas Eve. And they were in majesty of the miracle of the universe, the miracle of the creation of God. When you think about the sun and the moon and the stars and this particular incident, I want to show you a little video clip what they did that December 24th, Christmas Eve, 1968. Watch the this. The engines movie. are on. Four, three, two, one, zero. We have liftoff. Liftoff at 7.51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Houston, you are go for staging, over. 
Sometimes we hear that we say a phrase, I love you to the moon and back. Well, that, that's probably what Jesus is saying because Jesus created all that and what that miracle. And so then in 1968, Merry Christmas. And, and, and I say that because, because um, when we look at the miracles of God, how he created everything, do you believe that he has a miracle in store for you? C.S. Lewis gave us this, his definition of a miracle. He says, a miracle is an interference with nature by supernatural power. And I have to say that one of the greatest miracles that we've ever experienced happened about 2,000 years ago when God interfered with the natural way of bringing children into this world. Through a virgin, he gave birth to a child. And I tell you that because I I want us to prepare ourselves for what God has in store for us. And, And as I look at the Christmas season, I say that it prepares us for what's to come. As the doors for Christmas are open, the, the, the dates, and we celebrate this, you know, one of the things I notice is Christmas marks uh, is about a week before the end of a year, every year. But it kind of ushers us into a new beginning, uh, an, a new start. And I kind of like that. And could it be that we are looking at miracle season? And let me draw a correlation to what God taught the uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, 
uh, the Israelites, the Hebrews, celebrate something called Hanukkah, which actually we're in the uh, day seven today of the eight days of Hanukkah. And even if you read in John chapter number 10, in fact, the word Hanukkah in Hebrew is actually the word dedication in English. So dedication, uh, Hanukkah, first of all, number one means dedication. I want to share this with you because it's all about the miracle working hand of God. And in John chapter 10, we read that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. It says at the time of the feast of dedication, what is a feast of dedication? In Hebrew, dedication means Hanukkah. It took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. In other words, what was... What was Jesus saying? Some of you believe, and the miracle is on its way. But if you do not believe, hey, buddy, you're on your own. Okay? <laughs> and, and he says, do you believe? And we see here that as Jesus, he was making his, his, uh, his reference to Hanukkah. Now, what is Hanukkah? Let me just give you a quick, quick nutshell, because it's all about our miracle season. Now, whether you celebrate Hanukkah or not, uh, that, that's up to you. I like to celebrate it because it's about the miracles of God. Okay? Hanukkah was a time, uh, right about 167 B.C. or so, that what happened was the Syrian Greek people took over the temple in Israel. So they kicked the Israelites, the Jewish people, out of their own place of worship. And they, they scattered them, and they took over the temple. The place that used to be a place that worships the Lord God Jehovah, they turned it into a pagan worshiping temple. They would sacrifice uh, pigs just to to kind of uh, um, irritate the, the Jewish people. They desecrated the temple of God. And, of course, the, the Jewish people were very much upset. They wanted to take back what the devil stole from them. Well, it led to what sometimes is referred to a three-year battle, three-year war. But eventually, after about three years, the Jewish people came back and overpowered the Syrian Greek people to take back the temple, to take back what the devil had taken from them. Amen? I mean, sometimes you got to fight the enemy and come back and take back what the devil has stolen from you. That's exactly what the Jewish people did. So when they defeated the Syrian Greek uh, people, took back the temple, they realized this place is desecrated. This place used to be a beautiful temple of worship to the Lord God Almighty, but now it's a mess. They had to clean it up. I mean, it was, it was filthy, and there was a, it was a project. Well, they knew it was going to take them at least a week to put everything back in order so that they can worship the Lord God Jehovah. The problem was that they only had a little bit of oil. Why? Oil is what, what uh, powered the candles, the candlestick in the temple. They didn't have electricity back then. But what they needed was oil to turn on the candles so that they can do their work of renovating the temple. But they only had enough oil that would last them for one day. But they believed in a big God. So they said, we're going to put the oil in this candle. And a miracle happened. The oil that was supposed to last for one day lasted for eight days. It's like somehow you, had, you, 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 you drove you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles on like a little bit of gas. Okay, <laughs> Anybody happen? Well, that, that would be, be a miracle. Well, the, the Israelites said, wow, this is great. So they, they were rejoicing in the miracle-working hand of God. 
eight days later, took them eight days to renovate the temple. They began to worship the Lord. They dedicated the temple. That's why Hanukkah is called dedication. They dedicated the temple to the Lord God Almighty, and a miracle took place. So secondly, Hanukkah is also referred to as a festival of lights. The reason is because it all deals with the lights. The light was lit in the temple. Because, after all, uh, they needed light to do their work. Today, we celebrate lights. If you look around, even in, in the month of December, uh, you see lights all around us. We are intrigued by Christmas lights and holiday lights, and it marks the season. While the origin of that was actually Hanukkah, where it is referred to as a festival of lights. And I know Christians, you know, once again, celebrate it in a different sort of manner. But the basis is, is this. It's a festival of lights. And number three, it is a miracle season. And the reason it's a miracle season is because God works miracles. In fact, let me give you that quote that was uh, just on the screen. Uh, go back one, one slide. There we go. Light is a constant reminder of the greatest miracles in life that cannot be seen with our physical eyes. You see, we must understand. I'm talking about the radiance of the Lord's glory. It brings miracles. Somebody say, I need a miracle. Amen. Well, you've come to the right place. So when we talk about Hanukkah, number one, it means dedication. Number two, it's referred to as a festival of lights. And number three, it's referred to as a miracle season. Now, the, the Hebrew people believe in a miracle working God. I believe in a miracle working. Anybody here believe in a miracle working God? Amen. Well, some of you, amen. Well, let's give God praise for that because we believe that. <clears throat> And I tell you that because some of you may have even come to church today in need of a miracle. Well, I've got good news of great joy. <laughs> good news of great joy because here comes Jesus and with him comes a miracle working God. Amen. And so is there anybody here who believes there's nothing impossible for the Lord? Nothing impossible. So amen. God's done it before and he can do it again. He's done it before, and he can do it again. And I'm here to tell you some good news, that Jesus Christ wants to give you a miracle. Uh, I close with a reference to 1 Corinthians 13. Most of you know 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter, right? Well, I'm going to kind of do a little uh, uh, slightly different here. It says, it goes like this, if we look at Christmas, that we, I want to make sure we don't miss Christmas, because if we miss Christmas, we may miss our miracle, right? If I decorate my house perfectly with colored, colorful bows, strands of twinkling lights, and a beautiful tree, but do not show love to my family, I've missed the most important aspect of Christmas. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not love God and love people, I'm just another cook. If I send out Christmas cards, give to the Salvation Army guy at the mall, and even show up to church on Christmas Eve, but do not show love to people who are hurting, it profits me nothing. If I have the most outside lights of any house in my neighborhood, attend a myriad of holiday parties and sing the Christmas carols, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed Christmas. Love stops the cooking to spend time in the Word. Love sets aside the de decorating to pray for a friend. Love is kind even though we are stressed and tired. Love doesn't envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Toys will break, pearl necklaces will be lost, golf clubs will rust, but giving the gift of love will last forever. Loving God and loving people is what matters most. Think about that because I don't want you to miss your miracle. Why is this important for you and I to grasp today? I'm going to add just one last thing. Because when Jesus came about 2,000 years ago, some people missed it. Some people missed it. Some people were looking for maybe a king, maybe a prince, maybe someone in grandeur. But he was born in a humble manger, and many people missed their miracle. My friend, Jesus is coming a second time. And my friend, don't miss it this time. You and I were not born 2,000 years ago. We weren't there. And I feel bad for those who missed out. They missed Christmas. Today, I ask you the question, are you ready for the second coming of Jesus? Don't miss this because you very well could miss the miracle of eternal life. Would you stand with me right now? Thank you, Lord. Oh, for your beautiful presence. I'm going to lead us in a declaration to prepare our prayer time. And I would love it if, if you, I'm going to read it through once. And then if you're in agreement, you're more than welcome to join with me in reading it uh, with me, repeating after me. But I'm going to say this, Lord God Almighty, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I believe you are a miracle working God. I thank you for the miracle of sending your son from heaven to earth. I receive the good news. I receive the great joy. I receive Jesus. I am ready for my miracle. Open my eyes so that I can see what you have in store for me. I look forward to the new season coming up, a season of miracles. I dedicate myself to you and your will for my life. Amen. And so be it. Anybody ready to receive that good news? Amen. Well, if you're in agreement, amen, you can repeat after me. Here we go. Lord God Almighty, I come before you. In the name of Jesus, I believe that you are a miracle-working God. I thank you for the miracle of sending your Son from heaven to earth. I receive the good news. I receive the great joy. I receive Jesus. I am ready for my miracle. Open my eyes so that I can see what you have in store for me. I look forward to the new season coming up, a season of miracles. I dedicate myself to you and your will for my life. Amen. So be it. If you believe that, can you give him some praise this morning? Thank you, Lord.